Intentionally Disruptive is brought to you by Microbe Formulas. Creating solutions that work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit Microbe Formulas online at microbeformulas.com. A podcast about life. I mean, that's a struggle, I think, with every single day. Are we good enough? Everything it can throw at you. The only person that can make us happy is ourselves. Real people talking about life's real issues. Oh, yeah, there we go. This is Intentionally (laughs) Disruptive with Shonda McNeil. All right, our series this month is called It's All a Bunch of Hocus Pocus. So far, we have read the scariest story ever told. Uh, We've talked about fears, uh, ghost encounters. And now for our final episode of the It's All a Bunch of Hocus Pocus, uh, we're diving into the story of a convicted female serial killer. Her name is Lida. Now, joining the podcast to tell Lida's story is Bronwyn Leslie. Now, Bronwyn, I love it because when you arrived... You have come with so much information. You have your binder. You have a book. You have folders. How how are you so connected to this story? Uh, it's a great question. I, about ten years ago, I was when I was in college at Boise State. I got cast as a. Um, it was actually a Halloween show at the old state penitentiary, um, which is now a historical museum. Um, and they did a thing called Frightened Felons where they cast improv actors to come in and essentially represent the inmates that used to reside there. And so I got cast as Lida, and it was kind of like just something I randomly did, but they gave me essentially a paragraph about her life and about who she was, um, and it was just sort of like a three or four, you know, sentence paragraph um, talking about how she was the first female serial killer and that she used to bake these pies for her husbands and they had arsenic in them and she was, you know, just like murdering her husbands um, essentially for the life insurance policies. So I um, portrayed her on Halloween and was like kind of acting like she was this maniacal, crazy woman, like yeah, um, I mean, singing I mean, at the top of her lungs and, you know, just like spooking people. Um, but then I started doing more research about her and realized that there was a book that was written um, about her story um, from a, a historian, I believe, at Boise State. And he kind of wrote the, the story in narrative form based on the detective who essentially ended up finding her and convicting her. Um, And so it was really kind of like this love affair in a way that he had with Lida where he was friends with her fourth husband. Um, After he died, the detective was like, who's this woman that just kind of came in and like all of a sudden my friend's dead, like, and now she's gone, like what's going on? So he ended up going on this essentially like a woman hunt for this lady who he thought was, you know, Kind of like what you did with your binders and your folders and yeah. stuff. You're like, I got, yeah. I, got a, I got a paragraph. How am I going to play this yeah. character with a paragraph? And then you kind of get on a rabbit hole. And next thing you know, you have books and binders and folders and you're an entire library about this woman's life. Yeah, exactly. I get it. So, yeah. So that book kind of opened my eyes because it was like, oh, wow. I like represented her totally differently as an actress than I than she, who she was as a human. You know, I don't know. Um, and so... Yeah, so I think that that was like the start of it. And then I got really interested because at the time I was studying film at Boise State and I was like making short films and wanted to do a feature film. And um, this was a great subject because the story is just loaded with lots of um, things that don't really make sense or there's no real evidence. um, Because this was what, 100 years ago? It was 100 years ago, yeah. As of last year, she was convicted 100 years ago. Um, And so, yeah, I just kind of like went down the rabbit hole to Lida, and um, I ended up working at 
the old pen um, as essentially like a tour guide. And so I learned a lot about her story along with other inmates that were there. But her story was really fascinating to me because essentially during this time, there was also a pandemic that was going on. Influenza and typhoid fever was like lots of people were dying um, within 24 hours of getting sick. And so one of the things that really stood out to me was just like the climate at that time, what was happening. And then also um, as a woman being put on trial for, you know, allegedly killing um, four husbands and a daughter and a brother-in-law. And she was only convicted for the fourth husband, but... She wasn't convicted for the other four. No. So I guess, like, start us from the beginning with Lida's story. So, <laughs> yeah. like, like from the very beginning, Lida, you're, like, you're channeling in your inner Lida right now. Like, what? when did it all start? Like, so this was 100 years ago. Walk us through the series of events that took place that led to her conviction. So she got married. She, um, they had a baby, and the husband's brother was living with them. And so during this time, I believe it was like over a year and a half, um, the brother-in-law got really sick. He died. And then the daughter, who was like three years old, um, that she had had with her first husband, she died. And then the husband died. Um, Life insurance policies in all three. So not just in that marriage. But essentially what was happening was um, she was the beneficiary on the life insurance policies, but... That was pretty common. Um, yeah. I mean, it's still common, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so... Now, when they up it, that's when you kind of question things. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the spouse is upping it. You're like, why do you want me to sign this? You know, why are we increasing the life insurance? Yeah. And and I think at that time, too, like, that was something that was definitely happening. And, you yeah. know, people were getting away with it and, you know, collecting money. So that happened. Those three people died sort of that round. And then the second husband, (laughs) I don't believe that. I don't believe the first husband, she was able to collect um, low life insurance policies. There were all these like details that ended up kind of messing with her being able to actually collect the life insurance policy. But the second husband, kind of a shorter, I think it was like less than a year that they were together. He ended up getting sick and dying and kind of the same story. And And she's she's obviously lived through all of this. So everybody's getting sick around her and she's, she's, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that was like interesting. It's like, well, what's going on? Nobody's really catching on at this point. Then the third husband, it was a shorter span. It was like six months or something. And he dies. And then the fourth husband was like a few months, like might've been two months or something. And then does word not get around town? I mean, it's like, it's like <laughs> well, we, she's four husbands deep at this time and, yeah. we, and they all end up dead. It's like, why does this woman keep getting husbands? How is she this possible? She was bouncing around. Also, she was moving around. locations. And oh, at the okay. time, it was, it was like 1915, you know? So it's like she would go to Montana and there were just different spots that she was mo- that she would like relocate to. And that and looks sketchy too. I mean, yeah. Ted Bundy used to do the same thing. Yeah, definitely sketchy. Um, and so the fourth husband, he, was they were together for a short amount of time um i think it was like you know six weeks that they had been married and she then keeps getting shorter away. and shorter it's like six months yeah, yeah. three months <laughs> yeah so at this point the Her tolerance level is really low <laughs> yeah, at this she's point. like okay faster and funnier let's go <laughs> um but the detective who was friends with her fourth husband i believe it was Edmire, um her her fourth husband who passed away, uh, this detective was like, okay, who, what's the, who's this lady? She just moved into our town. Like Ed's dead. Now she's gone. She's trying to get the money. Like, you know, this whole thing. It was, it was like kind of a witch hunt for her. And she had fled the scene. She moved to California. Um, I believe San Francisco is where she met Paul Southard, her fifth husband. Oh man. So, 
she's like, you know, getting on with with Paul Southerd, and then they move to Hawaii. Um, and this detective, meanwhile, is trying to find her. Granted, it's like nineteen, you know, nineteen at this time. So it's like what, he's just like going around in a horse and cart, like light up, uh, right. like I don't know how she in his how, canoe going to Hawaii, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> his so, little wood boat. <laughs> so, um, and finally, after a year, he finds her and they bring her back because they find her in Hawaii and they're like, "Yo, like no, you got this right. is not There's a okay. lot of people like, dead been trying to find you." And also, like at this time, the media had like completely taken her story and run with it because it was the first female serial killer in America. She was on the run. They deemed, you know, her Lady Bluebeard. Um, Lady Bluebeard? Yeah, and what, I what's think... That? I've tried to do a little bit more research on this, but I believe because there was a there was a murder, a serial killer in the UK, I'm pretty sure, um, named Bluebeard, and he was like a mass murderer. I don't know a ton about it, but I think she they just, were just sort of like the parallels of like, she's the Lady Bluebeard in America, you yeah. know? So it was like this glamorized sort of Hollywood-esque, like high-profile story because it's the woman that has murdered these four husbands and she's collecting the entrance but policy. Bluebeard does not and, sound glamorous. <laughs> it just sounds kind like, of gross. Yeah, it's weird. It sounds so disgusting. Because I, I, I was like saying, I'm like, why is this, why are they calling it this? But I'm pretty sure it's like the parallel of this guy who is right. doing the same thing somewhere else. So, okay. Um, not that important, but it was like an interesting name because they like the headlines, you know, were like Lady Bluebeard. It's like hot like, to trot, you yeah. know, like she's just <laughs> going around getting husbands, you know? Yeah. So they bring her back. Paul, her fifth husband, is, like, standing by her side. She didn't do it. She's so kind and caring. She would never do something like this. Like, I He's support in denial. her. I believe her, you know. Um, so he stands with her the whole time on trial, and then she gets convicted of the fourth husband's death. So they basically, they exhume the bodies. They find an excessive amount of arsenic in some of the bodies. Um, so essentially at this time, it's three husbands, a brother-in-law, and a three-year-old daughter that she had with her first husband. They say that, um, and during the time of death of all of these people, it was, you know, the, the cause of death was influenza, typhoid fever. Um, the little girl was mal- malnutrition, I think is what they ended up calling it. Yeah. Um, so it was like very confusing too, because at this time people were dying and you could be a carrier just like with, I mean, what we're seeing right now with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting to like look at it now f- through this lens after having she's living. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, but but there were at that time there was um, this uh, woman called Typhoid Mary who was a typhoid carrier and she was exposing all these people because she was a chef and um, she was essentially killing them by way of cooking food for them. So they ended up. There's a whole like really tons of deep research on. Um, Is this in your binder? Typhoid Mary. No, I, I haven't even cracked uh, that one. But no, but lots of um, really cool like podcasts and stories about her. So definitely worth ex- um, exploring that. But I think that that's something that's really interesting about this story because that got brought up on trial where she essentially said that her doctor said that she was a typhoid carrier. Um, so that was like her stand against, you know, being that's her defense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so... She ended up getting convicted. Um, she was sentenced to ten years, up to ten years, uh, to life in prison. Um, I think, hopefully, I'm that, saying that's, that right. That's ten to life. <laughs> or, I've never yeah, heard that. Yeah, up ten to, to life. 10, yeah. So, so essentially, like if she was on good behavior, she could get out at ten. If not, then they're like, actually, they're a little bit more lenient life. about killings back then. 
Like yeah. every ten years, like if, if you're good, if you're good, yeah. you don't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, totally. like you only get ten years, buddy. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. So they, um, so she was like, you know, according to the records that I have, which I have her whole file from the penitentiary, because I was like. And and still, I'm very interested in making a feature film about her story. Um, and so, did a lot of research there and like compiled her file. And it, it's great because there's actually the whole record of her court case and everything that happened, and everyone who testified, what she had to say. And so, essentially, she served ten years. But during that time, towards the end, she and she was on her best behavior. Um, is also at the time where the women's ward had just been established and like fully finished um, mm-hmm. at the penitentiary. And so I think it was 1920 when like they were like, okay, we have room for female inmates. And then she was convicted in 1920 as well. And this is also like women's suffrage, like all this stuff yeah, is yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and uh, so these like little bits that I just am like so fascinated with. But the um, thing is like with her sw- going from husband to husband to husband and then moving around, she didn't do herself any favors because it, True. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, she she sounds guilty as all get out. Like, I mean, she's, like, getting married. They're dying. She's alive and kicking, goes to the next state, marries again, and then they die shortly after. And then she gives herself no mourning time to go on to the next husband. Yeah. So it's like, it's like That's give yourself up. a break. <laughs> I know. Give it's your like, vagina you a might, break. Yeah, like, you might want to go to therapy. Yeah. But, like, also 1920, like, oh my also there's a record of her saying that she was um, – celibate and so wait she was getting all these husbands in celibate so that was like interesting what yeah oh yeah i'll have to I, show you oh my it's gosh like, just so strange like that one detail that i've read in there it's like what why why is that detail included but very interesting to me um yeah so gosh you're gonna send me down a rabbit hole I, this oh weekend gosh. like oh my gosh you can borrow these binders back i totally luck. want to <laughs> um so i think that that like all of the these details are really interesting but it gets better because she was like this great inmate she was like reading and sewing and doing all these things and you know not the killing book, she was not killing she was chill and, and nobody died around her nobody died around her which is also like kind of thing. So while she was on trial, they actually found a woman who said that Lida bought flypaper from her, like an excessive amount of flypaper. So at that time, like you would go on and buy like 10 cents worth of flypaper, but she bought $2 worth of flypaper, which was like an alarming amount. But the also the tape like you hang up in your house so to catch flies? It, yes, kind of, but it was Ugh. different back then. Yeah. Um, so it actually has arsenic in it. And um, and maybe it does now too. I don't know, but um, they she essentially said like living on the farm in Idaho, which we know oh, like flies are in the terrible. summer, it's awful. It's also, awful. like hundred years ago, what's everything like? What's the climate like? What are the flies like? Right. Obviously, probably pretty bad. Um, so I think that's like kind of an interesting um, part of the story that like didn't. That was just based on this woman saying that she bought a lot of flypaper, and mm-hmm. that was the evidence that they used against her. So it was circumstantial. They didn't have any actual evidence. They're matching it up with the bodies and the autopsies yeah. and saying, hey, they tested – they had high levels of arsenic, matching it with the tape that has – or the – I'm sorry, the flypaper that has arsenic. All right, I'm following you. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all the evidence. Yeah. So they were saying essentially – and this was also after the year with the media having their hands on the story and like – Lady Bluebeard or well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like what we do now with media, even social media. It's like you post one thing and then all of a sudden everybody knows about it, right? So like media back then, it's like you get a good story and it's like Lady Bluebeard, the arsenic killer. You need a better name. (laughs) So disappointing. I know. So disappointing. Um, 
And so they, um, you know, they kind of they just ran with it. But at that time, too, it's like if you think about it, it gives people time to think about, oh, like maybe I saw her or maybe the conspiracy you know, theories. It's like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's something yeah. that I, I think is kind of interesting to explore with her story. But so she got convicted. She was put in. And she started developing a relationship with one of the trustees, which was an inmate who had been on good behavior and he was doing a good job and he was helping and working. And so he essentially could be um, relieved early. He could get out of prison sooner than his sentence, mm-hmm. um, right? So he was on good behavior. Um, David Minton was his name. And he and Lida were throwing letters over the wall, exchanging these love letters with each other. And stay away, man. <laughs> stay away. So they, um, he, they had planned it like to the date where he was getting out a few months before her, and then they were gonna like plan this whole grand escape. Well, it worked. Like escape prison. Yeah. So he get light out of there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So he got her a rose trellis. They because he would like do work in the women's ward. Um, so they figured out like, okay, we can get you, I'll get you a rose trellis. You'll be able to like lift, you know, use the rose trellis to climb over the wall and then use sheets and shirts to shimmy down the other side. Well, wait a minute. So she's in love with this David guy. They're getting ready to escape. What happened to the fifth husband that was standing by her side? Oh, I think he ended up, he like went back to Hawaii because he was working oh, on. Oh, so he's done with her. Yeah. So okay, he, he's alive. He eventually was point. like, yeah, he was like, well, I can't text you, honey. So I'm going <laughs> to like, what do you, you know so, what I mean? But he didn't like, die. He didn't die. He's, he's, alive, still, he's alive and well in Hawaii. He still stood by her and was like, I, I got to go. Like, stood by her to a pr- point. Yeah. Like you're in prison yeah. now. I'm, I'm gotcha. going to just go live my life. All right. So now Light is in love with David. They're escaping. So David, and this is after she She's served for nine, nine and a half years. So, so she's close. like so close to her sentence being done. And he gets out and they had planned this whole thing. So they had the rose trellis like dug on the side of the women's ward. Um, there's all, all kinds of pictures and stuff that are I'm going to have to go fun. take a tour. I've, I've been there quite a few times. Now I'm going to be going back specifically for this <laughs> and just picturing this all go down. <laughs> um, and so... Anyway, so she figured out, I don't remember why or how how it happened, but she got one of the bars loose in her cell, and she was able to get through the window and then essentially used, you know, the sheets and the shirts and the rose trellis and climbed over the wall. And David Minton was waiting in the foothills with the getaway car, and they just drove through the night, and she was gone. And so then I think at that time, too, which is like a really interesting detail to me, was the warden was switching over. And so... She had gotten word that this new warden was not going to pardon her, that she he was going to keep her in. Oh, because she had 10 years of life. Yeah. It. And so I think at that point she was like, okay, well, I got to figure this out. Um, and that's sort of probably where the relationship with David started was like, okay, let's like make this happen. Mm-hmm. So she escaped with David. And then she he died. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but they kind of had a little bit of falling out. Like, I don't really know, obviously, what happened. But the the information about it is like, yeah, things were a little spicy. And like, it was just not going well. And whatever. Obviously, there was like this huge, you know, witch hunt for her because she had escaped and the alleged bluebeard, you know, yeah. Lady Bluebeard yeah, is, exactly. is on the loose yeah. to kill again. Um, and yeah. so she had replied to a, a newspaper um, posting about needing a caretaker for this man's sick mother. Oh, my God. So she is like, I think it was in Colorado or like somewhere in the Midwest. And David's out of her life talk- at this point. 
Yeah, they, they, he was like, whatever, Done. like, yeah. goodbye. Right. Um, but he didn't die, so that was cool. That's good, yeah. Um, so He walked away alive. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to help you, but, like, get get the f- away from I, yeah, me. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, no, totally. Um, and so, anyway, so she replies to this caretaker ad. She builds this relationship with this guy. Um, his mother ends up passing away because, you know, ill health and, like, it just— Or fly tape. Or fly, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Light is evil poison. <laughs> um, and he also had a son. Um, they ended up getting married, I believe. I, I, like, Wait, some of these married details, again? And some of these details I might—yeah. So she so got married again. Sixth time? She's on the run. She gets oh. married again to this guy who, like, she responded to the caretaker ad. His son, I believe, ends up passing away, but, like— there's uh, all this. Uh, so people start dying as soon as she's around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so like again, back to the prison stay for nine and a half years, nobody died. Mm-hmm. Nobody died. But now she's out of prison and they're dropping like flies again. Yeah. Mom, grandma's dead. Yeah. Son's dead. Yeah. And she's married again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so then the reward for her at this time. Um, the highest reward was like $50. Like, you know, wanted, we'll give you 50 bucks if you t- if you turn this person in. They bumped hers up to 500. So it was like literally like the highest reward being given to um, whoever found this person, right, yeah. at that time, which was kind of a big deal because it was like, I don't know, it was just another part of the story that I'm like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um, like, we'll take 50 for everybody else, but like 500 for this like, one, yeah. Um, so lots of details in that whole mess with her new husband, and she ended up like going and staying with her mom, and I don't really know what happened with so them. The, so the sixth husband, her, they split up. They split up, and but I'm he was pretty still alive. sure she kind of like— I'm pretty sure she, like, gave somebody the info to give to the police so that he would end up getting the reward or something happened where, like, she ended up helping out someone to get be able to get the reward. I can't remember who it was, but it's, like, a detail that's, like, not that big of a deal. Okay. Um, but uh, so she gets convicted. She gets found, and she gets convicted to another 10 years to life. Oh, um, my. And so it's, like, so sad to me because it's, like, okay, lady, like, you could have just— and like stayed. Sorry, I don't know. No, no, you're good. No, we have bleeps for that. Um, but like, you could have just done it for like a few more months. Like, stayed in your cell. Like, figured it out. You but know, David had to come it. along and ruin it. But then David came along. Whatever. And her, I mean, maybe her, her desire to kill came about, or maybe that yeah. was it. Um, but you know, all of that. And then she served another ten years. And essentially, when she was released, um, how old was she at that point? She was. I think she was. 47, maybe. When she got released? When she got released, because she was convicted when she was 27, and then she served 10, was out for almost a year. And she then was married five times before she was 27? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I can't even with this. <laughs> I do have some things to say about that, only because I think it's interesting that, like, I mean, as a woman in 1920, like, you have, like, what one opportunity to work is like you can be a mom or you can be a cook. You can do you know yeah, you don't right. have like there's not like, a lot of options. Go to school, honey. Like be a, whatever you want. Like yeah. the, the sky is the limit. You're, like, you're no. a wife or like, you're a woman. You this is your duties. Like yeah, you sweep floors, you do laundry, you absolutely you don't really get a say in what you do. Um so that was her only option was to get married. I mean I think so. Yeah. And some of the things that I've read about it is like yeah like during that time it's just like what you did. You could get, she be bitter and just want to kill all men? I mean, maybe or or maybe it was just like kind of unlucky, and she did carry typhoid, and she was like cooking for her husband. But the nobody died dying. in prison. <laughs> That's true, but she wasn't cooking. So there's also that. But I don't know the, the cooking. Like, the cooking, though, how would that? How would that? 
Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, if, if you're if you're in the presence of someone that that carries yeah. that, you would think that. I mean, and and jail, Sharing you're space. you're you're close. It's close that's confinement. True. Yeah, that's you know true. what I mean. I'm, I'm sure she wasn't whipping up what apple pies. I think that was like her go-to, yeah. right? <laughs> Stay away I think from Lida's pies. Right. Maybe she did do it, and this whole time I'm trying to like find justice <laughs> I just, for I just, Lida. <laughs> I, just deb- I just debunked your folders and books. <laughs> no, um, but I do think it's interesting. Just to, I mean, I, honestly, she probably did it. Like. Like right, it's like I mean, she yeah, does, she's not she's, looking good. It's not looking good. She's not honey. looking like, good. That's a lot of people. And I'm and girl like, power. Very specific, you know, like yeah. four husbands. Like that's not. Let's just if it was like one or two. No, but still, even like, five, like <laughs> the five, chick's been four. married like six times. So so anyway, <sighs> so by the tenth or by her second round of ten years in prison, she was like. You know, they're like, okay, you've been good. Like, you're you're older now, whatever. Again, nobody died that round, um, that second round in jail. Nobody yeah. died. And they basically said, you can't talk about your story. We'll release you, but you're not allowed to talk. You're sworn to secrecy. So she couldn't talk about her story, and she was not allowed to get married again. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> so, good, good job, police. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's sort of like my um, interpretation of what I've learned about Lida since reading a paragraph about her. Yeah, like, what'd you say? Like, three lines. Like, that, that's what they gave you to I would like, love to find out. it. They're like, yeah, here's your character development. And it's like, Lady Bluebeard, famous pie Worst baker. And I was like, name. I'm like, also, this is like the greatest like acting choice, you know, if I, like, to portray this yeah. woman. It's like, this Pie Baker, and it's like an actor's dream, you know? Pie Baker is better than Lady Bluebeard. <laughs> Promise me, whenever you do this movie and you create this change, the oh, yeah. Lady Bluebeard. Oh, the Bluebeard's long gone. I think I, I actually just want to call her by all of her names. Um, I'll have to send it to you, but it's every— Apple Pie Massacre. It's like, Apple Pie— it's, it's like Lida— Lida um, True Blood is her maiden name, by the way. What? Um, That's I her know. maiden name is yeah. True Blood. Oh dear God, <laughs> she was destined at birth. Oh my yeah, gosh, maybe she had no control over it. No, um, but yeah, is Lida True Blood McAfee McDuffel? Like oh, m- I don't even know. There's just so many, and so um, Southerd. You know, she's got like six or seven last names because she was married so many times. But um, the I think that, like, the most chilling and kind of um, ironic or, like, sad part about the story is that she was released, sworn to secrecy, couldn't get married again. And she's 46 I've, at this time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have read that, like, maybe she did get married again, but, like, there's oh. not really much around it. Um, but uh, – which would mean she was married, like, seven times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, she was walking home through, um, from the gas station when she, she was like 65 at this point. So she had been living, you know, out of prison by herself, I think in Utah, so like Ogden. Yeah. Um, so we think, and she died of a heart attack walking home from the grocery store. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's how light a true blood ends. Yeah. That's it. I mean, at least she made it out in the real, what, 20 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just walking just home from the grocery closer. just drops dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe she got what what's coming to her. Um, but just walking home from the grocery. 
I thought it'd be way more dramatic. I mean, it is sad. That is, yeah, that is depressing. So her full name is Anna Elizabeth, which I, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I feel like she added the Anna Elizabeth at a certain point to like sort of change her. Maybe when she was 46 and wanted yeah, to remarry. She's like, I'm yeah. gonna just uh, yeah. reinvent myself here. Right. Um, Anna Elizabeth Lida Trueblood Dooley McAfee Lewis Meyer Southerd Whitlock Shaw. I can't even. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. I'm serious. I want to borrow your folders. Oh, yeah. I want to read all the court documents. Is, is that the blue papers that you that I see in yes. there? Yes. That's all the court documents? It's all the court documents. I've actually like gone through and highlighted and like sort of color-coordinated different things Incredible. for different reasons. That is, you're um, my kind of people. I, I got really into it because I was like big into filmmaking. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. like, I want to make this film. And also I just like – I grew up in Mobile, Alabama, like this, you know, southernmost part of the state. And um, – I don't really need to say anything more than that. Yeah, no, I've been to but Mobile. But up down there. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely and, um, is. And so it was just, um, I grew up around cameras because my grandparents were photographers and we like we would do these fashion shows and they would film and it was just like this fun sort of imaginative world but I didn't really ever think that that would like be something I would get in you know Mm -hmm. I just didn't know that that was the thing that people did and so when I went to school at Boise State I was like oh video production like that seems familiar so I started learning more about filmmaking and um, just the character in and of itself in the story and then the whole idea that like I thought I knew who she was based on this little blurb that you know was written about yeah. her and then reading this Look book at all this. that like was like oh she wasn't she was like sweet and demure and calm and like people really liked her That's and how like, she got her husband to her you know people trusted her and believed her and thought that she was like super chill and I just like I felt kind of like I had done a disservice to her I was like well even if she <laughs> is had her this person, crazy yeah, screaming was, like, lady oh, like singing at the top of my lungs about like baking pie you did the best you could do with three lines. Right. And I think it was like a really fun, you know, frightened felons experience for some people. If you right. if you're listening to this and you were there, like and you were scared, then I did <laughs> yeah, my job. I did my job. <laughs> but um I just I really was like so fascinated and realized that like somebody wrote a book and then there was all this stuff and I'm like, what is this person? So when I worked at the penitentiary and was learning more about just all of the inmates that were there and then like the inside work as well, like the wardens and who they were and what they were like. Yeah. You spiraled. Um, you spiraled into this oh, rabbit God, hole. Spiraled. Just like, this yeah. is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also like very overwhelming for one person to take on to try to make right. a whole film on this topic because there's so many but There's something things. there. Um, yeah. Definitely. And I think that at that time, I guess to go back to like growing up in Alabama, coming out to Idaho and going to school and learning what being a feminist was. Mm-hmm. I was, had no idea. I was like, oh, feminist, like, nah, nah, you know, and I was like, in my 20s, I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea what a feminist, like, holy yeah. shit, you yeah. know, so that opened up this whole world of like the um, indifferences in this world that so many people have experienced all across the board. And um, with her story specifically, it was during, you know, in 1920, so all of that was happening. And Women, women all, were bottled, bottom of the barrel. Yeah. yeah, and it was all white male jury, and it was a white man who was going around trying to find this woman. He found her. It had been a year. It was like this highlighted story of like this man has been on the hunt, and he finally found this woman. And so it's like it's this glamorized story in a lot of ways. And so, of course, he wanted to convict her also because it makes him look like this amazing And his detective. friend died. And his friend died, yeah. yeah. I know I, I probably should be a little bit more <laughs> sensitive to Ed and whoever, you know, no, all I, the guys. Oh Ron, I get you. I have girl power. 
<laughs> I am girl power. Will fight. I am a girl's girl. Go to the ends of the earth to fight for women, myself, and women around me. And I mean, I I'm one of those. Yeah. She's not looking very good. Yeah, I like, know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think, okay, well, that doesn't make sense because nobody died around her in prison, but people are dying as soon as she gets out. Like, it's just, yeah. that's the only thing that's a little off. Mm-hmm, for sure. But the more you read about her story and the details is where I get very fascinated because I'm like, oh, she was collect. She was the beneficiary on the life insurance, but she didn't actually collect the money because of X, Y, Z. So it didn't really work out for her in that, you know, and like, I think, I think out of four, she might've collected two, mm. um, two of the life insurance policies. And they weren't that much. Maybe at that time, um, but like it, that wasn't something to me that really stood out because also like that's just what happened back then too. Like if you were the beneficiary on someone's life insurance, like your husband or wife dies, like that just naturally. I mean, it still was like that, right? I don't know. I'm not married, so I don't know that much it about is. that kind it of. Is. But, it is. Um, so those are things that I just like, and I also think just as a storyteller and like wanting to make a film and having that like ambiguity, I think that there's like, there's a lot of ambiguity. Um, also there's not, if you really just like <laughs> look at the way that it's been told, yeah. um, you know, cause over the last hundred years, it's been told over and over and over again. So all of these details have changed, but what hasn't changed is like her file that I have. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no. reading through that and be like, oh wait, so there's like no evidence. They exhumed the bodies. There's arsenic in the bodies, an excessive amount of arsenic. However, they had been buried for X amount of years. There was allegedly arsenic in the dirt at that time. And I think there still is on farmland. Like, I don't know. I would love yeah. to talk to somebody who knows a lot about that. Um, and that's kind of where I went. I was like, okay, I need to talk to a historian. I need to talk to all these people to like really understand the um, the details at the time of like, was there arsenic in the dirt? And did it seep into bodies at the time that have been buried? Like those details. But that's what is on trial. They're talking about this. Right. Like there's arsenic that could be seeped in. Like, I don't know. There's all these things that I think um, if the if she was put on trial now, I don't know if she would be convicted the way that it happened. The evidence they used back then. Right. So yeah. I think that's the part where I'm like, I just am curious about that, especially because we see so much injustice in oh, yeah. our judicial oh, yeah. system. So oh, it's yeah. like, um, it's not, I mean, that's more spooky to me than, like, you than, know. Than the actual story, her being a ser- being the true lady bluebird and true yeah. blood, yeah. I mean, that's messed up, and, it like, is. it's definitely terrifying, and it's, like, I don't know. I think poor Lida, like, girl, you really f***ed it up. Like, you know, yeah. you could have just, like, not done and then, that. And, yeah. But, um, but what if she didn't, you know? Like, what if she didn't? But <laughs> I'm thinking she might, she did. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I would like to know what your plans are next. Like, what are you going to do? What, I mean, you have this desire to make this film. Yeah. What What are the plans moving forward? Like, what do you What do you want to do with it? It's such a good question. I I spent some time um, when I graduated. I went to Silver City, New Mexico, and just like worked. I lived in this little like step truck that had been converted into a living space. Um, and I like sat on a typewriter and just like wrote all these scenes. I was like, okay, you know, just compiling thoughts and ideas and, and essentially a timeline to how, you know, how to tell the story through film, um, and writing essentially a script screenplay. Um, but I think I 
was like, oh, it's it's so much and I need yeah. to just like pivot and do something different for a while because also it's like such a dense subject um, for a lot of different reasons, not just the fact that like it's a glamorized Hollywood story that like is fascinating because like, yeah, she's the first female serial killer allegedly. So yeah, it's really interesting. But um, I... I kind of had put it on hold for a while and just switched careers and um, really wanted to make a film by 2020 um, because it was the 100 year. I was like, okay, I'm going to like yeah. release something by then. Things kind of changed and I've taken some time off from it and it's been really good. And now like this year it's been coming up again, um, which is so weird to me because we also have just gone through a year of a pandemic and it's yeah. like, wait. What? Like, Timing also, is everything. The, there was like pandemics happening. You know, it's like all this that was going down that are so many parallels to what's happening right now in the world and in the country. So um, I think it's like really relevant and still extremely passionate about it. Um, I have been talking to a few other people just like. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It um, sounds like you need to create a team and so, like everybody who's interested in the yeah. same things you are. And then you guys just go, <laughs> just bang it out, get it done yeah, and start yeah. going. I know. I'm like, oh, or I'll just, you know, share my binders with whoever and yeah. whatever I'd happens. Be careful happens. with that. Don't give, don't let it in the wrong, <laughs> the wrong hands. They um, might snatch your idea. I know, right? Um, well, it's all right. Lida's got her way. Like she'll, if, if you don't tell the story True right. Blood. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, But I recently met a neuroscientist, and he was, like, really fascinated by it. And so we've been talking a lot just, like, um, just that side of it, like the brain, like what was in her brain, what was going on, like just compared to other serial killers and, like, people that do this type of thing. Like, I don't know. It's it's definitely work that is, like, too intense for me, like – um, you should watch Deadly Women on ID Channel because I, I I can't even watch it. I can't watch it myself. I'm like a woman. We're so nurturing and loving. Yeah. So to see know, Deadly like, Women, happened? like what is wrong with you? Whoa. And they're so creepy and they're so sneaky about it. They're like covert narcissists and like it's just it's the weirdest thing. I'm like, yeah. what what's wrong with you? You would never in a million years think these women like you're describing Lida, like how she was just so sweet and delicate. Yeah. The same thing with the Deadly Women episodes. It's crazy. Like it's nurses mostly like what is going oh. on yeah there's a Weird. lot of nurses i have that to like to kill listen to that yeah. um but i think that one thing that does come up like for me as a woman it's like what would make someone get to a point where like this was their life you know it's like what was it like to be a woman during that time you know she did it let's say she did it right but it's like man what did that girl go through to get to this point where she was just like all right f- it. I don't give a shit about any living being. I'm going to just take what's mine. Take what's mine yeah. and not have any like care for the aftermath, like what's going to happen in the future. Like she was just like, I don't. Her tolerance level kept going down that. and down. And I mean, like it was started like a couple of years, she had some tolerance. And it went from like that to a yeah. year to six months, three months, <laughs> then six weeks. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So lots of, lots of things in there. But, um, We'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't please know. Please keep us updated. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I, mean, I wish you come across a, a fel- um, investors who want to dump lots of money into a beautiful um, period piece, let me know. I will absolutely <laughs> let you know. And I'm taking your binders home. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole this weekend. Thank you so much for coming on yeah, with welcome. us. Thank All right. You. Coming up next week, we kick off a new series called Hashtag Giving Tuesday. I, like, I love how we're going from like serial killers to Giving Tuesday. But we'll talk to those uh, fighting for a cause and how we could help spread the word. Next week, we sit down with Paula, who is the founder and president of the nonprofit Cobbs. Uh, they, I mean, they work so hard. They rescue sex trafficking victims and provide support and resources uh, while they're healing. So it's a great cause. Uh, we'll hear all about it.
it and get the tissues ready. I'm serious. Paul is a good friend of mine. I've heard story after story. It is the saddest thing ever. Uh, That's next week on Intentionally Disruptive. Intentionally Disruptive is presented by Microbe Formulas. Creating solutions at work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit us at microbeformulas.com.